You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, Sid Talk. Hello. Welcome, audience. Welcome. I can't speak for them, but thank you. What was the before the after the show discussion? Mm, you fixing the audio, as yeah. always. And your monitor broke down? Oh, wow. My monitor broke down, your audio thing, the garage door broke. It's, you know, it's the grown-up trap. <laughs> Shit breaks, you gotta pay for it. The more you got, the more it can break. Oh, it's a good way to start the show. Yeah, well, you turned it into... You turned it into a... Uh... Bitch fest? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's that, right. To be fair, that monitor is about 15 years old. <laughs> and I do have three altogether. Now, they don't match. No. I have the mod, mod, mod Podge over here of... I have a TV, a monitor, and a monitor. They're all different, completely different. But now I only have two, which is not that big of a hardship, to be honest. Not really. But you can still see stuff. That's good. Yes. All right, so let's get into the show. It's Saturday, March the 20th. This is after the show 676. The movie we're looking at this week is Nomadland. It's a 2020 movie. It's not actually out on Blu-ray or 4K yet, but it is streaming on Hulu. So if you mm. watch this on Hulu, you can watch it right now. Just go to Hulu. It's rated R. And it's up for six Oscar nominations this year. I've, I'm re- I've done some research here. I see. The Oscar nominations are Best Director, Best Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Editing. It's right up there. Heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. Oscar nominations for Best Picture, by the way, I just wanted to mention them before we started, are... The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. We have Sound of Metal coming up in a review in a few weeks, Sid Talk. Right on. On to Nomadland. Give us the synopsis. We're going to Nomadland? Oh. We're just going to discuss it. Let me just mention this is from Fox Searchlight that let us have a copy to watch. Sid Talk, tell me the synopsis for Nomadland. Well, it doesn't match the one on IMDb, that's for sure. This is about a woman living her own life due to whatever circumstances combined with her personality. All right, I'll give you the one. I'll give you the one. <laughs> that is not on the box because I've already read it. <laughs> no, this is the one off Hulu, actually, right. the proper one. It says, following the economic collapse of a company town in rural Nevada, Fern packs her van and sets off on a road, explore- a road exploring a life outside of conventional society. As a modern day nomad. That's it. That's better than the one that IMDb has, actually. It's not better than mine, but it's fine. It'll fine. It's fine. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's get on to the movie. Nomadland. How did you like this movie after last week's fiasco? I love this movie. That's about it. The end. I love it. I love it. The end. We're gone. We're out. It's time for supper. <laughs> Nomadland is, would you say, uh, it's an artistic type of film, mm-hmm. right? Well, done in a certain style. It's not super artistic, as in lots of, you know, it doesn't have honey pot or what it was called, American honey vibe, mm. where it was kind of artistic I and don't kind know, of American honey. I did get some vibes of that, but well. not with the not with the cinematic part. Like the filmmaking part isn't artistic. It isn't like there's no fan- camera tricks. There's not a lot of like wrangling the cameras in ways that demonstrate somebody's sort of off state of mind or anything. There's a lot of following and watching and long shots. 
There's no funny business going on. That's what I mean. Artistic the, as in, I mean, it's just an interesting story to tell. The only funny business artistically is they used IMAX cameras the entire time for this movie, which mm. are the kind of cameras they used to film like Avengers Endgame. Mm. But they wanted to get like her face very large and detailed in the shots. And they did. And they did. Yeah, this is like, you know, you're not hiding under makeup and all that kind of <laughs> no. stuff. This is like a raw kind of thing. You are owning every part of your entire face. Yeah. You can't really spoil this movie because it's not... But if we do, then we're telling you we might. Yeah. So. But it's not really like a majorly plot-driven thing. It's more of a experience. You just follow it along. Makes you think, makes you cry, made me cry. Yeah. Explain about the nomad lifestyle. The nomad lifestyle as depicted in this movie, because I don't know anything else about it. I mean, I know nothing about it in real life, but according to this movie, so this woman, let's take her, right? She lived in a small mining town. The mine closed down. The town was dissolved. Her husband passed away. And, you know, we have a lot of packaged up lives. People like to package up our lives for us, right? They tell you what to do. You have a house, you do a thing. If you're a widow, you do it this way. If you're 25, you live this way. If you're 50, you live this way, right? Well, she's not that person. And so... She gets a van, or she uses her husband's work van, and kits it out on the inside, kind of on the lowdown, the cheap end of fixing it out. And she lives in her van, and she drives. The nomad thing is you drive around the country or your area to wherever will hire people temporarily, right? So it's seasonal. So in this movie, she works at Amazon for a little while, and then she works at a beet farm for a while. She works at a... Tourist attraction. Yeah, a big tourist attraction. So... What that tells me is there are places that some could say prey on these people or could also say they're there for these people. Because if you're a traveler and you aren't going to stay somewhere for more than three months, you get a job, they hire you, they pay you, they know you're going to move on. And that's what she's doing. We see her in the different areas kind of repetitively. There's one. What's the thing in the desert? Is it just sort of a get together where they train people? Like if you're new to the lifestyle, here's how you... It's almost like she found it on YouTube or something. Some guy. Um, her friend. Yeah. Her friend told her about it, remember? Yeah, the lady. Some, some guy who gives like a seminar almost. Yeah, but the lady told her about it. Yeah. Her friend, who's also a traveler person. But that's it. You just, you don't have a house that ties you down. You don't, I know we saw a few families in the different vehicles and kind of passing through here and there. But generally it looked to me like older people. Yeah, living all, in their vehicles. Always older people. Almost. I mean, there was a few younger ones with the what people would perceive like a stereotypical traveler with the dreads and the they look pretty filthy, dirty, and their clothes look pretty ransacked. And they play the guitar on the side of the road. Like there was that group that we kept traveling around, and she encountered. But generally, it was older people living in not fancy RVs. We're not talking about that kind of traveler, like you know, with <laughs> the hundred thousand dollar RV. With all the amenities. This is like you get a work van. One lady lived in her Prius. She said, I just live in my Prius, so I have a little shit bucket. And, yeah, and the thing about this... <laughs> like a two-gallon bucket instead of a five-gallon bucket to crap in. The thing about this movie is the people she does meet along the way are actually legitimate people. They're not actors. Most of them. Yeah. I mean, there are some actors in here, but the people she meets who are nomads, they're actually nomads. I was just reading the research on the movie, mm. and they... Actually, the director spent a year actually in a van going around, actually living the life. And then right. she met people along the way and then she took all their details. And then when she came to make the film, she invited them all in. So, and she didn't want them to be acting. She just started questioning them on the in front of the camera and stuff and 
just seeing how they went. She didn't want any script with them. Just Even the main dude with the beard? That was real? His story was real? The Santa wi- Claus guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, They were all sad. real. So she just wanted them to tell their stories to the camera. So a lot of the stuff in here. There is some fabricated stuff with her. Her, yeah. Yeah, her and the David Strathern's character, right? Mm, yeah. But most of the people you meet along the way are regular people. And you can tell, can't you? It's just like when they're in the Amazon break room all having a chat. Yes. <laughs> it's just like you're in the break room having a chat with some people, you know. And around the fire. Yeah. So it's got this like natural kind of quality to it. Then it's also really beautiful. Like the... Very. You know, the there's a lot of just lingering on the landscape of America. And like when she's driving along and there's like a buffalo at the side of the road. Or she's in like the waterfall. You know, it's... There's a lot of... That's where I'm talking about artistic-y type mm-hmm. way of... Some might say it's like it just rambles kind of around and just... But that's the idea of a nomad person, right? They move around. They... See what they see, they survive. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, she's... And like you said, I don't know where this... We had a break in the middle to go for a pee, and you said, I don't know where this movie's going. And I said, well, maybe it's just going nowhere. Like, it's just a thing. Like, you experience, like, what it's like to live in a van and go around. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't look glamorous, right? You know, she's cold and... Crapping in a bucket. Crapping, yeah, definitely crapping. I know no judgment against this. I know that there's a very split cultural idea about what people call. There are also different kinds of people who are travelers, right? Very different kinds of people. A lot of, well, I'll say people like me living in a house with a 20 year job and the little car and your payments and, you know, the garage door breaks and you fix it and you've got the yard to tend to, blah, 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 all that boring shit. And yeah, I do think that's boring. So people like me, might tend to look at anyone who's a traveler and be like, oh, lazy, leech, sucking off society, just looking for a handout. And not that this movie tells me different, because, I mean, it's partially fiction. There has to be a way for us all to live our lives that aren't in a box, you know? There has to be. And there are people who thrive not in a box. (laughs) Like, not in a house with four walls and a two-car garage and the pension and all that shit. There have to be people who thrive and who can contribute. If that's the way you think life should be, everyone has to contribute. And that's what it does. It just makes me think of all the people who get shoved aside and pushed or tried, people tried to manipulate them and crush them into their box. And that leads to so much misery and unhappiness. And, you know, if we could find a way when we're all children to figure out a person's potential, like, what's the thing? Is this a box person? Is this not a box person? And how can everybody be productive? But we don't do that, right? We just steer everybody toward the box. You go to school, you get good grades, you do the thing, you go to college, or you immediately get a job and you stay in that job forever. And then someday you die. (laughs) And that's it. Not everybody thrives in that. And I feel like this is like a pressure cooker. And these are the people who are vented out and there's nowhere for them, you know? Yeah. That's what this shows me. But then If you really do listen to individual stories, and I'm sure if we went and talked to real people, too, you know, there are people who are like, I will never live in a house again, ever, ever, ever. I have my savings, or I have my social security, or I did retire from a job, and now I'm just, I'm just gonna live, and I don't care. I'll just drive to the next parking lot, and then I'll drive to the next parking lot, and that's it, and why can't I? Some people have tragic stories that kind of not push them over an edge, but give them the catalyst to go, what am I doing? <laughs> you yeah, know? There's, there's a lot of political um, 
thing here about like people who can't afford to live when they get mm-hmm. old or they um whilst like health their health deteriorates and they just that put somebody just sticks them in a hospital to die and then that's and, it. And they can't handle that, so they Yeah. This lady just want instead of doing that, she just wants to be on the road until she dies. There's really sad stuff in there, definitely. Definitely, but it's good, it's very good. What did you like? Scenery? Did you like <laughs> I couldn't tell which parts of America it was a lot of the time, to be honest. Um, I couldn't Really, either it felt like um, Southwest, you know, Arizona, California. She stood outside a cinema that was showing the Avengers, and it said Midwest Cinema, and I was like, "Where is she?" But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the Midwest, right? It might just be a chain. You know what I mean? Right, right. So yeah, I wasn't quite sure. It's not like a journey that's plotted. It doesn't go, "Oh, here, here we are now. Here we are now." No. A couple of times it tells you where she is. Right. She goes to different jobs, and there's a place where she's doing like physical labor, like. Shoveling potatoes? No, it was beets. She beets. said that to the guy, beet I'm going to yeah. go to the beet farm, yeah. Yeah, and that place seemed like it might be the Midwest. Maybe, I don't know. I couldn't tell. It's not like a strict, hey, she's going across the country and here we go. But it does uh, go through a different season. Shows you how she spends like New Year's Eve a couple of times. <laughs> she Alone. Yeah. Mostly. And you feel like your instinct is, I think, we're probably culturally trained to be like, oh, she's all alone. But, you know, as a character, and we'll talk about it, she gets the opportunity to not live that life more than once. Perfectly legitimate opportunities to not live in her van. It's like no one can accept that that's not her choice. That wouldn't be her choice. So her being alone on the New Year's and just kind of like walking around the little camp or whatever with her little crown on. One time she's just sitting in her van with her little paper crown on, eating food that she just cooked alone on New Year's Eve, listening to the radio. Our tendency is to be like, oh, that's so sad. But I have to look at it from her point of view. When she is with people, we saw it at the dinner table with those people. And her reaction, everything they say sounds so opposite of the freedom of her life, right? Talking about real estate and overpricing houses so they can make a lot of money. She can't engage with that. Like, she can't be in that group of people because they won't listen to her. She's the odd one out. She just wants to get away from it. So I think her being alone, if you first think, oh, poor lady, but then just really think about it. Somebody enjoys that. Being alone and not being weighed down by other people, not being tethered to other people's expectations and the boring conversations. And for her to just walk around and look at, she just looks at the desert for one whole shot, like she walks and walks and walks. And she's just soaking it up, like she's living her life. I find that really touching. There's one time in the movie where there's a dog that she could, you know, mm-hmm. in another movie that would, the person would probably take the dog and the dog would be the traveling companion. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm like, oh, please, no, 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 no. Let's not go down that But road. I really, um, it, it reminded me of you, actually, because like, like the dog, uh, you know, when she patted the dog on the head and then walked away, mm-hmm. that, I think that's what you would have done. Yeah, I would have been like, like, I love you and everything, but I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if I thought the dog was going to be abused, right, I would probably. But yeah, I was. Take I, I liked it because other movies, you're like, oh, right, here's the part where she finds the dog, and the dog becomes the beloved companion that replaces. And then the husband. dog dies or something then, horrible. Yeah, something. But it's not that, and I like that because it's like more of a real person. Because mm-hmm. not every person would like. Oh, I've got to get the dog. Well, that tells you that she's practical, right? Yep. She knows she can't, and not only can't take care of it, like food and water and all that, but. It is yet another bond that requires, there's expectations there of you, right? She's not that person. I think that's fine. She 
likes to work hard. Like you, she, she was scrubbing the walls of a disgusting toilet and not, not begrudgingly, right? You give her a job stuffing boxes. You give her a job cleaning she toilets. She said one time, I really like work. I like to work, yeah. right? So this is a person that you might, it might mess with your head with all the expectations of what this 60 year old woman, I'm assuming she's about 60, is supposed to be. But how can that, how can she not just be in our society too? Without us discarding her or dismissing her or looking at a band of vans like on an area and being like, ugh, losers, you know what I mean? There might be some. I'm not arguing that everyone who lives in a van is a great, wonderful person. I'm just saying, adjust our little filter a little bit, maybe. Because I don't know, I wouldn't mind living in a van traveling around. I mean, we'd have to take the PlayStation 5 with us and a big satellite dish, but... <laughs> And all these monitors and shit. Well, you've got one less monitor now. So. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm working my way toward the van. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I like this kind of movie. It's kind of a thoughtful, interesting... Do you, yes. How do you feel about it for Best Picture? Uh, we've discussed this Academy Award thing already. I, I, I'm completely not interested for some reason, but I and I haven't seen all the movies. It is a very well-told human story. So I think, and it's beautifully, it's cinematic, it looks nice, it's well edited, it's all the stuff that they're giving it uh, nods for, so I say, sure. It has interest in music as well, like a classical score. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it just, because when there's a lot of moments where we're just looking at things, we're looking at the mountains, we're looking at the lake, you know, it takes its time to look at that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like some people, and we're probably going to talk about it later when we get to the <laughs> reviews. IMDb reviews, they're going to be like, wow, this is so boring. Like, There's nothing happening. I don't happening. need to look at a lake for three minutes. You know? Don't need to, <laughs> don't need to look at the Grand Canyon or wherever they were. You know, when she was in the rocks. Yeah. But no, that's part of the thing. It's about showing you America and showing you a specific type of person, a specific way of living that's different from other people, right? Correct. But different, but the same. <laughs> yes. The trappings of every life have, I mean, there's a trap in every life, right? So if you are a nomad person, you have to find work. You have to find, well, if you don't find work, you have to find food and you have to find some shelter. There's no escaping that unless you want to just walk around the desert or the landscape until you die, right? I mean, you are still trapped in a box of source. It's just a very big box. It's like the whole world. You're either in a van or you're in a house. <laughs> right. Or you're in a, what else could you be in? An RV or a tent a or walking around, I suppose. One of those things that the that the trendy people live in these days, like a shipping container. Oh yes, the trendy kids. Literally the trendy kids. Yeah, <laughs> there's all kinds of ways. There is a guy on YouTube. I should point this out. We've watched a guy who lives in a van. There's uh, more than one these days. There's quite. There a are lot. tons, yeah. But um, this guy, Seth's bike hacks, it's his friend. He has a friend called Alexander, and he has a YouTube channel where he travels around in a van. He's a mountain biker, but he lives in the back of his van. There's also, I'll tell you who else is living in the back of a van at the moment and doing a vlog series of it, Tom Green. He's, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's traveling around with his dog, Charlie, and, and they're in a van, and they are just going around America, and he's headed up to Canada to see his parents. He's been living in the van for six months. He's been doing this uh, vlog on YouTube about it. He decided during the pandemic that he would do that and just live out of the way of everybody so he doesn't have to be in contact with anyone. So there are many people, you know, it's kind of a trendy thing, right? I was going to say, it's, I'm not throwing stones here because I'm not judging Tom Green, but it's, 
I think it's a different situation when you have an, a very nice home and a very steady large income to say, for a few months, I'm going to go live in a van. You know, same. You want freedom. You want to get out. You That's totally your choice. I'm, I'm, all, I'm on board. But it's very different than a person who decides to chuck it all. And then your survival relies on you finding a way from point A to point B to point A to point B and finding food and not just being able to go to any ATM and pull out or turn around and just go home at any time, right? There's a big difference there. Yeah. If you just want the experience, you and I could do it, right? I got money coming in the bank if I you travel around. You do it for two weeks and then... <laughs> A day and a half. <laughs> we could go outside. The car's parked outside. We could go sit in the car for an hour. Would that count? <laughs> Tom Green said he struggles with being dirty. I I don't think I'd have a problem with that. Except for uh, not always finding a good toilet to go in. I think that would be my... Yeah, he did. Other than that, I think I'd be all right. But I'd, I'd learn to adjust. He said he's trying to go to places where there's a lake, at least, so he can go in the lake and wash himself. Because right? there's been days and days and days where he's been nowhere near anywhere to have a wash. And it's really gross. He doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the problems that he was facing. So uh, moving on to the cast here for uh, Nomadland, Frances McDormand plays Fern. What did you think? Oh, she's always good, isn't she, Frances? Um, is that a statement? Yes. There's no, you can't argue with that. She's always good. She is. Uh, since way back in the day when Fargo came out. That's, that the was day. the first time I'd ever seen her in anything. Fargo. Was it? I didn't realize she was in Shortcuts, but I saw that later, actually. Saw that, you know? Mm-hmm. But she is very very it's kind of bright i don't know it's like she's just out there isn't she in this movie she's like this is sure me. i mean this it's almost like fern is her in this situation it felt like it yeah but i mean that means she's a good actress i mean right? she gets naked and she just floats in the water i don't think that's acting but that's just putting yourself out there Put, that's what i'm role. talking about yeah. putting yourself out there no makeup you look like you just woke up a lot of the time a lot of the time the camera's really in your face <laughs> yes <laughs> it's in your ears it's looking down your neck it's like ugh, you know some people would have a problem with it sure but uh, she just goes for it and uh, she, that's why I think it feels like she's a normal person watching it like when she's interacting with people I'm not thinking oh there's Francis McDormand and there's a load of real people she feels like one of those people again she's a very good performer and she's probably just a decent human being the other actor here is David Strathern, who you said Anonymous Famous, but I actually think Famous. Yeah, but I... no, Famous is, if you said his name to a thousand people, they would some of them would know who you're talking about. He's not one of those people. I'm sorry, David, but you're not. Maybe 10,000, let's say 10,000 people. Anonymous Famous is you show a picture of him to a thousand or 10,000 people and like, man, I've seen that guy. I've totally seen that guy, but I don't know who he is. That's anonymous face. Right. So I guess I am I just do know who he is because I've seen a lot of stuff with him in. What did you think of him? It was good. I mean, I bought in that he was, he's kind of the mixture a little bit. He, I had this weird feeling that we'd find out he's like some corporate guy, but that never panned out. He's also traveling around, doing his thing. Uh, same just as doing her. what she's doing, really. Same, right? Right. Working and I was place. convinced. Yeah. There was a bit of a disconnect for me when he popped up. I almost had forgot it was like a... It almost felt like a documentary in parts. And then I was like, here's an actor. Right, <laughs> yeah. Like it, like it kind of disconnected me a little bit. And then I got used to him pretty quickly. It does feel documentary-ish in, in parts. Yeah, it does. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, actor. 
So here comes oh. some plot, maybe. Oh, actor. Everybody else, I put down Swanky as Swanky. Yeah, you I love Swanky. Swanky. I did. I cried at Swanky's just whole story because I'm like, I want to be Swanky when I get that age. Yeah, there's a lot of everybody else who pretty much contributes. Anybody you, you meet along the way and they, she talks to them and there's some kind of story. They're real nomad people. What, you think those nomad people, they've kind of become famous within nomad people now? Um, that's what I was thinking. Like, do yeah. you ruin someone's thing yeah, when like, you cause your thing is, I'm put it out around. into the world? I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean? It's up your to them. thing is, I'm going around, I'm anonymous, I'm just like on the road, I'm living, and now people are going to be recognizing me. But I mean, they're grown-ups. They, they mm. have the right to refuse to be a part of it, so. Directed by Chloe Zhou. Now, she directed another movie called The Rider, and she's directing the next Marvel movie, The Eternals. What did you think of her directing? I thought it was, it's beautiful, so I don't know if that, if she's also the photographer person. She did all the other stuff, so she, I don't know, but... It did have a name everywhere at the end, didn't it? It looked beautiful, and I feel like she, the right person to trust with this, for some reason it felt, I didn't know who directed it at all. I mean, I don't ever know that when we're watching movies, but... um. I think she did a good job. It says, Chloe Zhou, she's also known as Zhao Ting, is a Chinese film director, screenwriter, and producer. She's received several accolades, including nominations for Independence Spirit Awards for her feature film The Rider in 2017. And The Rider was about, is the synopsis of The Rider. After suffering, suffering a near-fatal head injury, young cowboy undertakes the search for a new identity and what it means to be a man in the heartland of America. Mm. She was critically acclaimed for that one. I really liked it. I liked the, this IMAX camera thing. A distinct look to it. Like it was, somebody mentioned Tree of Life earlier. To, <laughs> and I agree. It and was they, kind they of said it in a in shitty the, way. They said it in a shitty way. But yeah, we're like, that's not an insult. Yeah. To the say way this Tree of Life is kind of mesmerizing. This kind of has that too. You kind of just, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. To me, it was always interesting. And I was like, wow, I bet some people would be bored at this. Uh, uh, yeah. The slow moving nature of it. You could also, you could already hear the one-star reviews, couldn't you? I, I could, but then I was like, but no, I really want to see where she goes, and I want to see, like, because she's kind of coming to terms with a lot of stuff in her mind. Sure. And there's, you know, a scene towards the end where she really is coming to terms with stuff. So there is a narrative. It's just... Sure. It's not as dense as some movies, plot-wise. <laughs> Good way to put it. Yeah. So let's move but on. But isn't it? Because, you know, there's a lot going on. I mean, on. it's emotionally dense, I would say. Sure. But not... Yeah, but what is a plot? A plot doesn't mean it has to be freaking Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean... I mean, that's... A plot is just the story of the people that you're telling the story about. IMDb reviews. There were no extras because there is no disc version of this yet. If you want to watch it, go to Hulu. It is right. It is there right now. So what do you... Th what are the IMDb reviews? IMDb reviews are reviews on IMDb that you read... And usually it's the one stars that give you a little bit of a chuck. All right, so these people hated this movie. Last week, we loved the one stars. <laughs> yeah. So this person, uh, these are the people who hated and give the movie a one star. Of course. So here's number one. He says, Frances McDormand continues her streak of nominations for terrible movies. <laughs> she might be good, but her movies are awful. This movie gets a minus two on the snore meter. Right on. This guy says, My partner walked out after 30 minutes and I stayed for another 15. I couldn't believe they were calling this crap a movie. Why not just walk around in a cemetery with a camera for a couple of hours talking to gravediggers or whoever you might see? 
Life can suck. We already know that. I just fast-forwarded to the end to see if this ever turned into anything worthwhile. It didn't. I feel my rating of one is most generous. <gasps> I fast-forwarded to the end. <laughs> I've only fast-forwarded one movie ever, and it was Zombieverse. So that tells you my level of my tolerance and my need to fast-forward. This guy says, I thought I was watching Tree of Life again. Another movie the critics loved, but I only give it one star. It's very valuable, your one star, by the way. The whole world has changed because of it. This one says, This film is a complete fantasy. A wealthy, spoiled, neo-liberal actress dabbling in areas of life she would never understand. Oh my god, Virtue I knew it. signaling in all but a name. I knew it. I told you. Somebody's gonna get snotty about a successful actress portraying a person. But what else do we have? Right? There's not ever gonna be an option... For every character to be played by the, a person who matches that description. Because some characters are like raccoons in an animated movie. How the fuck are we supposed to have everybody who's in a movie or a story portrayed on a television screen or movie screen be that? And then if you take all that away, what's acting then? If I am a nomad person and I've traveled, but I'm really shitty at acting because, I, I mean, that's not my trade. It's not my craft. So you stick me in this movie because I'm real. What what value is that? I don't even understand this mentality. It really gets on my nerves. Also on that tip, this person says, A collection of stereotypes. Worst movie ever. Could someone explain <laughs> why anybody is watching something boring like this? Hollywood needs to be replaced. Oh my god, some people are hilarious. And finally, I realize I'm in the minority here, but honestly, I was so disappointed after reading the rave reviews. McDormand has as much facial expression as Keanu as John Wick. But at least he is eye candy. Perhaps the Hollywood elites felt noble, watching the commoners using empty buckets as toilets. I fast-forwarded a quarter of the way through, hoping it would improve. But no, akin to watching a friend's home movie from a vacation out west. Boring and depressing without any redeeming grace at all. Right on. <laughs> so that's the... Uh, the unwashed masses view of the movie. The unwashed masses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know these people are unwashed? Well, I feel like they are. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, this movie might not be for everybody. <laughs> I think that's correct. <laughs> you yeah. might not love it. In conclusion, Nomadland, I am going to give this movie an 8 out of 10. Oh, guess what I'm giving it. An 8 out of 10? A 10 out of 10. Oh, really? I can't find a fault. I mean, the idea of giving it a number is what what number leaves you with how much improvement, right? Or how much change to make it not what it is, I guess. I don't know. That sounds very judgy. But uh, I can't think of anything to make this movie more of what it is. And that's how I grade This movie is what it is. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. It made me Do you think, think your mother would like this movie? I think she would, actually. It'd make her mad that there are people who get, like, the factory closing that would or the mine closing that would just make her mad at the 
big corporations. You know, my mom gets very fired up about that. When she watches Hunger Games, she just, it's like she's really in it. Like she's the rebel. Like it exists. And the guy in charge is just, it's horrible. This whole thing. <laughs> and they need to rise up, you know, and bring down the man. That kind of thing. So I think she would like it. Now, I wouldn't want my sister to watch it just now because my sister was recently widowed, even though it's her kind of people, right? I mean, that's kind of, sort of. Not. I don't know. I have a sister who I could imagine living this life because she is, you know, she's untethered and she shouldn't be tethered. And but then again, it's very sad. So I wouldn't want to recommend it to her just yet. Well, but then she's an adult. She would definitely cry. I cried. So, you know, in conclusion, I think we both liked it. I think we love I loved it. Thank you to uh, Fox and Hulu for letting us watch that. Next week, we'll review a movie. Fantastic. Movie recommendations. I am going with the uh, tip for this movie. Uh, Francis McDormand. I'm going for Fargo, one of my favorite movies. Love it. I I like the TV show even better than the movie. You are in love with that series and that show. How good is that TV show, though? That's good. Very good, right? And we've, guess what? We've got a whole, the fourth season. We uh, have got it now to watch. Excellent. A new season of Fargo. My other one is uh, David Strathairn. I was looking for movies that he's been in that I really liked. And Lincoln. Steven Spielberg's Lincoln. Fantastic movie. I didn't know a lot about Lincoln. Everything I know about Lincoln is from that movie. (laughs) So hopefully it's accurate. So they're my recommendations. Fargo and Lincoln. Mine are, this year I'm going back to the 80s. And so every week I'm just picking two movies off the list of movies I've seen that are all from the 80s. And... This week we come up with Popeye and Stir Crazy. Popeye is very bad. Is it bad or is it just not good? No, it's very bad. Mm, there's a difference. But Even Stir as a Crazy, kid, I didn't like it. But then some people would say Stir Crazy is bad. And Stir Crazy is one of Stir those Crazy that I would have laughed things. <laughs> yeah. I do like that one. That's Richard Pryor and Gene, Gene Wilder. Wilder yeah. It's very funny. It's one of the first VHS movies I ever watched. In, and in, it's the 80s, so take off your sensitivity cap. Yeah, because, it's very um, yeah. kind of... It's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to love it. I liked it. I liked it in the way I like Blazing Saddles. Even unlike... Again, again. sensitivity caps yeah. need to come off. There are recommendations. A Scully stuff uh, is Fortnite's new season. They kicked it off where they, they've changed the island again. It's now the Primal Island. So there's a lot of makeshift weapons that are made out of bones and wood and whatever else you use. Primal. Lara Croft is in the Battle Bus, so you can unlock Lara Croft's skin. The Teen Titans, I'm not really familiar with that. You're more familiar than me. Uh, Only because Thanksgiving weekend I happened to watch several episodes with my great niece. Yeah, it's a fun show. uh, I didn't even know it was a comic book or anything. Me neither. I was kind of like, huh? But Lara Croft, I'm all beyond. So it's the new season. There's a new crafting system, which is really cool. You can hunt animals in the game on the island now. And they drop meat and bones. And then when you take the meat and bones, you can actually take a weapon that you've found, a makeshift weapon, and use the meat and bones to upgrade the weapons. So it's like it's got this incentive for you to go out there and find the animals, which has never been in there before. I believe they've taken away the cars. I've not seen cars since the island. Mm. There used to be cars, but I guess cars don't make any sense in like a primal kind of back-to-basics world. Correct. Yeah, there'll be surprises throughout the season as well. That's Fortnite new season. I think I'm level 21 out of 100 already. That's how much I like it. Level up, level up. I'm talking of leveling up. I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon a lot more. I think I'm about 70 hours in. Looks like I'm in the last chapter coming up. I'm very, I like it. There was a lot of grinding to do in this last section. Like it. This is the most obsessed with a game I have seen you in a long time. 
Yeah. Like a long time. I'm Even re- the games you absolutely love, you like, you play a little bit because you don't want it to be over and stuff well, like that. To, to be honest, before the, I started playing this game, I was obsessed with Assassin's Creed Valhalla as well. Were you? I played I it like every day until I got to the end of it. I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty obsessed with Fortnite. I have been for like a year. No, not obsessed as in you'll sit there. You'll sit in there and play this Yakuza game for like five hours. That is not like you. That's unusual. Well, I must like it. You, that's what I'm saying. I, I really do like it. It's cool. I might be in the last chapter, but I'm going to try and get all the trophies and everything. So I'm probably 30 more hours away from doing all that. But hey, get your money's worth, I say. Yeah, exactly. So um, what is for dinner tonight? I think we're going to go with Jersey Mike's. Yeah, Michael's Jersey. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and what is your advice? My advice is along with this movie, of course, because, you know, I'm getting to an age... 53. I'm approaching 54 very quickly. Not till November, but still. You know, of half a century of life. I don't, we, I don't have children. You didn't have children before or since. We've met and been married for 21 years now. And the older I get, learn about myself. So I like a certain level of comfort and things. And I live now way above that because I'm pretty happy with some chaos and maybe a bit of nomadness myself. I like travel. I like change. I I would have moved probably every two or three years to a different house and different places over the last 21 years. You're not that type, so we don't. And that's, but I like the level of comfort that we're at. I like my job and all that kind of stuff. And yet I don't want to live the whole of my life in a life that's been designed essentially by someone else, particularly just by ideologies, by some religions, some corporate America thrown in, politics, you know, some of this kind of bullshit fictional American dream stuff that's all mushmashed in together. And again, it pushes you into this little box, a house with a driveway and a vehicle and a mortgage and whatever. You're supposed to have the kids and the dog and all that shit. And then you, you get older and then everybody comes around for supper and for Christmas and you Decorate the fireplace and blah, 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 blah. That's the design of a life that I don't fit into necessarily, right? So I just think like, who did design the life I live? And what design do I want it to go into as I approach, you know, the second half? Probably less than half of my life. Oh, you're way I, into the second half. And do I... <laughs> thanks. <laughs> oh, you're on your way. Exactly. And so... We're, we're Do I just live like a puppet on a string because, well, you're 53 and you should know all about your retirement and you should know all about your... I don't. I know nothing. I, I retired in two and a half years and I know nothing. I don't... I've never filled out any paperwork. I don't have a savings plan. I don't do any of that shit because I don't have any... I'm not attached or precious about one place to be or ownership of a thing or a place. I just don't. I, it's not in me. I'm not... Knocking it, because, I mean, that's that's my point. I don't fit that design, right? So I need to design my own way that works. So that part of my life philosophy is that you do need to be productive or somehow contribute to something, right? No, not just living off of everybody and everything. Judge me, if you will, but that's part of my life philosophy. So I would always want to be productive and contribute. But that doesn't mean I have to do it like this, just because someone else put it in a movie or in a commercial or 
made the city of the future and wherever it was at the World's Fair one time and the kitchens all looked glorious and perfect in the 50s and that's how it's supposed to be. Like, they aren't here to live my life. So why are they designing my life? And so I just the question is, like, who designed your life? And if you fit into your life, cool. Go for it, right? That's perfect. If you feel like you're kind of, you know, the box is a bit much, then maybe find other ways to be. All right. Well said. Succinct <laughs> and good. It was not succinct, but thank you. Our website, aschoolie.com. We're on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. You can catch this show on anchor.fm slash after the show. Also, email feedback to me, aschoolie at We're also on the other place, all the places that podcasts are available. iTunes. We're in all the boxes. Spotify. <laughs> all those places. You can also, uh, don't email Sid Talk. She hates you all. I don't hate anybody. And finally, stay classy. Francis McDormand. <laughs> Who's she married to? Oh, she's married to one of the Coen brothers. That's why she's in good movies. <laughs> also subjective. Not everyone agrees with that. And uh, I'm going to say uh, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.